You're listening to In Tune, a podcast series featuring equity research analysts from BMO Capital Markets. Our shows explore key emerging themes, trends, and issues which are important to our institutional clients globally. Hello, everyone. This is Harry Sambasivam. I'm the Associate Director of Equity Research at BMO Capital Markets. Welcome to this edition of BMO's Intune podcast series. With me, I have Troy McLean, one of BMO's real estate analysts. Troy, I'm going to kick this off with a broader question here. Real estate certainly has been topical for investors since the COVID outbreak, particularly seniors housing. Something like 80% of Canada's debts from COVID are somehow tied into the senior housing industry. What do you think are going to be the cost pressures facing nursing homes and retirement communities just given this onslaught? Thank you, Harry. I think where you're going to see the biggest cost input pressure is on labor. So labor is one of the biggest operating costs for long-term care or for retirement homes. Those have gone up incredibly over the last, it was since this crisis began. Most provinces banned working in more than one home. So that created a scramble for workers. Most properties are implementing hero pay. So temporary increase because employees are taking on more risk by working in these homes. And with a lot of the workers going from part-time to full-time, that places upward pressure. For retirement homes, NOI margins have typically been in the high 30s to mid 40% range, depending on how much care you provide. Generally, the more care you provide, that lower your margins. And I've spoken to people in the industry and they think that just what they've seen in the early days, that margins are going to decrease by at least 200 basis points because of the, especially the employee cost pressure. We also have PP&E is more expensive than it was before. More of it's required when people are running a home. Cleaning has become much more stringent and then having not even paying for more labor, but having more labor because you have to do things like when people visit, conduct screening measures to review people when they come in, ask them questions and take their temperature. Some of that is temporary, but I think a lot of that is going to be a permanent feature going forward. And that's, you it's going to make things more expensive. When you think about these uh, short-term measures, Troy, and if the government were to legislate that into practice in the longer term, what type of impact do you see on the profitability of these facilities? Well, profitability would be lower, but what generally happens, I think, is that any threat of increased uh, regulatory burden usually means higher cap rates. You know, people want to figure out what this means, like what the profitability is like. So even the threat of regulatory headaches, you know, will, I think, lower the value or potentially lower the value of some properties. Some of the legislation that they've talked about is already embedded in with long-term care homes. Retirement homes, which are lightly regulated right now, I think there's a real threat that they'll become much more regulated in the future and that will lower the profitability. You know, the one thing I would say about long-term care homes is that, you know, they've been the most exposed through all of this, but, you know, they're already heavily regulated. You know, they have to meet more than 600 regulations, you know, they're inspected quite often. Yeah, so the increased regulation will be a factor. You know, I think where it's going to show up is not even on the margins per se, but it's going to be on the valuation. So, you know, investors generally don't like more government regulation. Even the threat of more government regulation is probably going to pause some of the funds flow directly into the real estate market, particularly the retirement home market. The retirement home market is lightly regulated as is. Most regulations revolve around tenant rights. So this is going to be, if this could be, you know, a headwind for a while until we know exactly what the regulatory burden is going to be. Or just sort of touching on that a little bit more, the seniors housing market in Canada, it's split into basically the nursing homes and the retirement homes. How do you think the near term outlook is for both of these sectors? 
long-term care are basically nursing homes. So they're hospitals without operating rooms or emergency rooms. And so the way you have to look at this is it's completely controlled, even though it's some of the assets are privately owned, it's completely controlled by the government. They give homes the residents, they set all prices, they set all regulation. In Ontario, for example, there's about 78,500 long-term care beds. Typically, those are 99% occupied and there's a waiting list of between 20,000 and 30,000 people. And Ontario estimates that, you know, the demand for these homes are going to go up double digits over the next 10 years. So I think there's a limited ability for the government to impact that business because there's such necessity-based care. Where I think the government will make a change is with long-term care is that there's about 30,000 Class C beds in the province. Now, these are beds that would have been built in many places 40 to 50 years ago. They would typically have four people in a room or they would typically have four people in a room and generally have just less room. They're more crowded than newer homes. Now, there's been a program in place to convert some of these older homes over the last 13 years and about 5,000 of the original 35,000 beds have been converted. I think there's going to be a program to really push the accelerator button on this and convert more of the homes because it seems like when you look at the homes that are being impacted, they're mostly older homes and you just can't do isolation. So the average square foot per person in a class C home is about 300 square feet. In a class A, it's about 600 square feet. So, you know, when we talk about social distancing, that kind of difference in geography matters. The reason that we haven't seen more of an uptake in the redevelopment is that the return on redeveloping some of these properties, you know, the industry has argued has not been high enough. So I think what you're going to see is the government, you know, maybe offers more incentive to do so, but really pushing the industry to make the adoption, even if the economics are uncertain. So I think that's the risk with the, the LTC industry. Troy, if I look at the broader economic conditions in Canada and the United States, the housing market has essentially ground to a halt. And luckily enough, the supply coming into the market has also slowed down. But as we look further, I mean, there is a significant risk of increased unemployment, slower economic recovery, and potentially a weakness in the housing market as we look into the coming year or so. Typically, what has this meant for retirement communities and nursing homes? Yes, yeah, so the danger for retirement homes with a slowdown in house sales is that house sales are typically fund entry into the retirement community. So the relatively expensive monthly payment, you know, a lot of that's funded out of the equity that's taken out of a house. So the volume of sales matters just as much as the absolute level. In Canada, the model has changed over the last you know ten or fifteen years, where it's more necessity based, so people can stay at home longer than they would have in the past because there's been more government investment for home health care. So you know we could see people still need to go in, but maybe not even have because they can't afford because they can't sell their house. So, so that is a risk. It's less of a risk for long-term care because if the resident can't afford it, it will, will be paid for by government because the alternative is that a resident would not go to long-term care but would go to a hospital. You know, Upwards of in some markets, 10% of the people in a hospital are just waiting for a bed to open up in long-term care. So from an economic perspective, the economy doesn't really matter for long-term care because it's so necessity-based, but it does make a difference for retirement homes. Troy, if you were to look back at the last financial crisis that we had in 2008 and 2009, what kind of lessons should we take from that? What what happened during that cycle? How can we project that to what's happening today? So the industry back then, so the credit crisis happened during a big building boom. So we had not only, uh, you know, financial issues, but we had a lot of markets in oversupply. So, and a lot of the people building back then were new builders. So they weren't veterans of the, you know, well-established seniors housing operators. They're really people just entering the market because they thought it was, you know, a good time to do so. You know, those people have gone. So the market is generally inhabited now by people that are, you know, have been around for a while 
that have are going to be around for a while, better operators. But from an industry perspective, the public seniors housing operators in the 2008-2009, leverage was much higher than it is now. So, you know, over 50% debt to gross book value was common at or above 60 was also at happened at times. Now you're looking at the mid 40s or lower. Um, so that's a sea change in terms of leverage level and also payout ratio. It was very common to have payout ratios at or above 100% during the credit crisis or before the credit crisis. Now you look at payout ratios. It's in the low 90s to the mid 60s. Companies now are in much better shape financially than they were back then. They basically learned the right lessons. And then the third thing was that the industry had more complicated companies. So some companies had complicated off-balance sheet agreements to buy properties under you know that were hard to predict under various scenarios. A lot of it was management related. That model has changed quite a bit. So that's not going to be the overhang on the stocks that it was back then. From, from a financial and from a corporate perspective, the industry is much better positioned today to deal with the issues we're having right now than they were during the credit crisis. Troy, the COVID pandemic has certainly um, caused a lot of distress in the REIT industry. So if you were an investor who was agnostic of sector, how would you think about seniors housing versus say something like uh, multifamily or retail? How would you think about M&A in this sector? And could you also wrap this into an investment framework? How, how does one go about systematically thinking about purchasing or investing in a company in this particular sector? So in my framework for this with the environment room right now is I look at it through three lenses is that who's the most impacted from a day-to-day perspective today, whether that's in closed malls, whether that's industrial, seniors housing, you know, whose tenants are the most impacted by the lockdown. The second lens I look at is balance sheet because, you know, now is what, the times like today are, are when balance sheets matter. This is why companies should have low leverage or low pair ratios. You need the financial wherewithal to kind of get through these trying times. So liquidity is becoming at a premium. And then I look at longer term. So once we get through this, and there, there will be a period when we get through this, you know, what industry will be the quickest or have the surest case to return to growth? So you have to think of, is there a permanent change in behavior for the people that use my asset class? So for something like enclosed malls, you know, are people willing to shop at enclosed malls once we kind of go back to normal? You know, that's an unknown. For some markets like industrial or apartments, for example, would probably be a better example. We know the demand for apartments will be the same two years from now as it is today because people, you know, there's no alternative. So if I apply that framework to where we're at right now, I think the companies have definitely been impacted. You know, you're seeing occupancy pressure in the retirement home industry because basically have normal attrition levels or slightly below attrition levels, but you don't have people coming into the homes like they have in the past because with a lockdown, it's really tough to do sales and marketing. Now, they do screen well on balance sheets. Both Sienna and Chartwell have a lot of liquidity, have low leverage, even by not just historically, but compared to the rest of the REIT sector, you know, debt to EBITDA of eight times or lower versus sector average of 10 or higher. So they're well positioned that way. And then longer term, when do we return to growth? You know, I, I think there will be a pause, but you know, there's a reason that retirement homes exist is that people do need more care later on in life. Not everything can be done from the home. So I think there will be a period of adjustment, but I do think we come back through this. For people who looking at, you know, have a longer term lens, you know, I do think the sector does screen very well here. It's heavily discounted. And when you look at how to invest in real estate, one good way to look at it is, you know, am I buying today's properties or this company below replacement cost? Because that gives you some insurance against new supply. And by and large, you know, with the prices I see that the seniors housing companies are being offered at today, they are trading well below replacement cost.
And if you were to think a little bit more about Chartwell and Sienna, how do you sort of compare and contrast these names, uh, Troy? So Sienna has more long-term care. So about 55% of their NOI comes from long-term care, but 45% comes from retirement. Chartwell, they're more on the retirement side. So about 90% of their portfolio are retirement and about 10% is long-term care. Retirement, I've always looked at as being having more offense and long-term care having more defense. You know, longer term, you know, I think retirement returns you know, will ultimately be higher because there's more ability for, for landlords to raise rents over time. Uh, because again, in the long-term care sector, prices are set by the government. But I think this is the kind of market where defense takes priority. So for shorter term, for shorter term outlook, I think long-term care would be, you know, a safer space to operate in. Troy, thank you for those uh, insightful comments. Thank you also for our listeners for tuning in today. If you have any questions, uh, please call Troy directly or one of our BMO salespeople. With that, thank you everyone. Thanks for listening to Intune, presented by BMO Capital Markets Equity Research. You can subscribe to Intune on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and other podcast providers. Or visit our website at researchglobalzero.bmocapitalmarkets.com to listen to more podcasts. Until next time, thank you for tuning in. To access our full disclosures, please visit researchglobalzero.bmocapitalmarkets.com slash public dash disclosure.